What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps. We're out here in beautiful Dubai, United Emirates, Arab, Arabic, Emirates, UAE, something like that. Um, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing Emirates the right way. I was told it was Emirates, but I'm gonna go with Emirates, okay? Because that's what I feel like I hear most people say. I have no idea, but uh, we got a fight week upon us. I didn't even realize there was a fight week this week, but there's a couple fights. But before we get into that, I just want to touch base and say one of the things I was wondering, and people asked me this at the open workout in Long Island before I left, what's going to happen when I see Piotr Jan? And I said, bro, I have no idea. I feel like we're both just two fierce competitors, um, and we both really want to win. So when you know that you have an opponent, there's going to be some friction there with two guys that don't want to back down. You got two alphas in the room. Um, I think that's just one of those things where you're going to size each other up. So coming out here, I know he comes early because he's fought out here, I think, once, maybe twice now, and he came early. So I just want to kind of feel what that was going to be like, but I didn't expect it to happen so early. So when I seen him, well, he actually saw me first, so we're at this little shop, we're buying some souvenirs, and uh, I got the gown, like the Ar Arabic, I don't even know if I'm saying that, Arabic, Arabic, I'm gonna say Arabic. I got the Arabic attire, the all white, all the way down to the toes, and then I got the, the thing for the head, the scarf, and then as we're buying this, myself, Marab, Dennis, Jake, uh, someone calls me, <laughs> and they go, Aljo, and I, t I turn around, I go, yo, holy shit, it's Piotr Jan. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm just like confused because I would think that he would just walk past me. Because I'm like, if I saw Peter, I don't know if I'm going to be like, yo, Pete, what's up? Like, I, I don't know. I just don't think I would do that because I just don't know what the, uh, the energy would be like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he's still like, yo, I want to fuck this kid up next time I see him kind of thing. Or if it's like, let bygones be bygones until we sign our names on the dotted line for that trilogy. Which, of course, that trilogy is going to happen. I know some people are saying, focus on your fight. Don't worry about um, Piotr trilogy right now. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about the trilogy right now. I'm just saying, like, this is something that's going to happen down the road. Kind of like a McGregor DS3. Something that's going to happen down the road. You know what I mean? So, it's just one of those things that I just know will eventually happen again. And, uh... Very cordial, the meeting, the NG, you could feel like there was like a type of, at least on my end, it felt like you could feel something around the, the area that we were standing in, and, and it was just kind of like that unknown, and then you guys coach over there sitting there kind of smirking and smiling, so I'm like, is this guy being a weasel right now? I have no idea, and I'm not saying he's a weasel, I'm just saying I don't know if he's like up to something, because um, obviously you don't, we don't know each other like that. Completely different languages, completely different customs and how we grew up. So I don't know if he's like plotting something on the side, his coaches being like devious. I have no idea. But they were all cool, super cordial, respectful, humble. And um, I think that just goes to show you like once the fight's over, the fight's over. Like there's, it could be animosity, but I don't think no lines were crossed when we fought each other both times in terms of family um, religions or even friends or anything like that. I think it's all been about just wanting to be the better person and uh, we all know who that was. <laughs> I, I had to. I had to. It was too easy. It was like a layup like someone threw it off the glass and I had to just slam it home. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Bada bing, bada boom. Some people are going to say Jan 2-0. Some people are saying Sterling 2-0. Someone actually commented 
this is the weirdest trilogy where half the fans think Sterling is 2-0 and half the fans think Piotr is 2-0. It's, it's actually pretty funny, but the record books speak for itself, you know? So um, I think that's why we do have to have a trilogy because that first fight was super weird. I made it weird because of what I did beforehand, but it is what it is. I'm not going to keep talking about that again. But again, that was a different side of Piotr outside of, um, you know, the cameras and fight week and the, the lead up to the fight kind of thing. So it, it was cool. I think we would be, I, it pains me to even say it, I think we, we would probably be friends in a different life, you know? If we were both in a different space, I think we'd both kind of have like a similar sense of humor. His is more dry. Mine is more like, I guess, goofy. Uh, you know, I could be a little bit of a clown. Ain't no kind of fitting, I guess, for this moment because <laughs> they called me a clown, but I am kind of a clown outside of fighting. Um, yeah, but it is what it is, so... Good luck to Piotr and his team against Sean O'Malley. I don't know. I think O'Malley's here already, too. I think he's down in Dubai, um, Abu Dhabi. And I will say it's very important to get here and get acclimated. You don't want to come here after a long flight like that, because I'm just telling you from experience, my travel was really, really tough. I slept for maybe an hour on the plane. And usually, I went to Australia, guys, straight flight, and I knocked out the entire way, just about. Maybe, I want to say, at least... 75% of that trip, I was sleeping. Iaquinta was telling me, he's like, dude, I've, he was like, you should be like studied because what you were able to do on this flight is unreal. I've never seen anything like it. And that's just, I'm just saying, when I can fall asleep anywhere. I grew up like that. I can fall asleep on the floor, just get comfortable, get a little shirt, tuck it under my head, and I'm out. You know, it doesn't take me much. You know, now, obviously, I don't, I don't live like that anymore. But being on that flight, I thought I was going to sleep for like more than half the trip. I did not. I ended up watching like four movies. But the whole first class experience on United Emirates was super cool. So if you guys haven't done it before, um, it wasn't first class. It was actually business class. They had the lounge in the back, food, uh, three-course meal kind of thing, which was pretty cool. Uh, I won't lie. I had the glass of champagne to welcome you on the flight. I definitely had that. I had um, a Hennessy, and I had that neat. So no extra sugars and stuff. I thought it was going to help put me to sleep. And I had a mojito. I drank like half of it and I kind of left the rest because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And um, a bunch of water. So I was going to the bathroom nonstop. But got here. Long 13-hour flight. We get to the hotel. The hotel's super nice. Had a little bit of an issue checking in. Um, they told us we could get there early. But then we go up to the room. We knock on the room, ring the bell. And we heard a voice. Somebody comes out. looks like they half, they're half asleep. In their shorts, no shirt on. I'm just like, uh, yeah, they told us we could come drop off our stuff, but clearly there's somebody still here. And so we went, hopped around, drove around and whatnot, picked up our rent car rental from DeMarca Car Rentals. So thank you guys for hooking it up. So if you need a car out here in Dubai, I would recommend them. These guys took care of us, made it super easy, super simple for us to get the car. A nice Cadillac Escalade Sport Edition 2021. The car is badass. Um, I want to take some videos and add that to the vlog so that you guys can see what it's like, what we're driving around here. I just want to give you guys, the fans, and all the viewers an experience of what it's like to come to Dubai. In case you may never ever get to experience it, or if it's one of the places on your bucket list, you can see some of the things that we're doing that you're like, I definitely want to go check that out and do that. I would definitely recommend JBR, I think Jemiah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. This beach is really, really nice. I went walking around and a whole bunch of things like that. So then we had our first um, training session yesterday, which was Monday. Today's Tuesday. Um, we went to Strong Gym HQ. 
Really nice place, Dr. Munther, who's a dentist out here in Dubai. I've super highly recommended that dentist. Like, go check his stuff out, check out his work. Him and his brother, um, Khaled, recommended this gym. They took us over there, set everything up. Really nice place. Um, two different locations. So one gym was on this side, mostly like lifting, strength and conditioning. And then the other side was like the MMA stuff, the cage, the mats. Um, and then the other side had like a mini cafe as well. So it was cool. The only thing I said that was a little weird was the parking because you had to like park across the street and then walk into like this plaza thing. I guess it's not that weird, but in the sense of the parking, I'm just wondering like how does everyone fit because there's a bunch of businesses around the area. <sighs> so that makes things a little bit tough. That was a little confusing at first, but uh, we figured it out. Got a good workout in there. We worked out for 80 minutes straight, guys. 80 freaking minutes. And... The energy levels are still pretty good. Um, when I got off the plane, I was 162.2 pounds. Mostly bloat, water retention from the flight. And the next day, I woke up 157.6 pounds. And then at the, after that workout of 80 minutes, so we did about an hour, no, we did about 40, yeah, yeah about 40 minutes of grappling, drilling, um, some situational stuff, like looks, not live. Um, and then we did another 40 minutes of like sparring, moving around. And it was like a, it was like a flow spar, but kind of like at a higher intensity, just to keep the sweat going. Had the guys giving me certain looks between Marab and Dennis, really good stuff that they were doing, showing me so I could get the repetitions and see these moves over and over and over and trying to figure out how I want to react, what are my openings. And when I'm in there and I'm staring across the cage against TJ Dillashaw, what I want to do to this man. It's going to be, it's going to be something violent, I think. And uh, I, I can already see it happening. So I'm, I'm super pumped for this fight. But after that workout, I weighed out 150.5 pounds, guys. From 176 in the morning, 176, 157.6 in the morning, down to 150.5. So we went to the mall, got some food, got some pasta. I was like, time to re-up pasta and meatballs. And uh, that was the only thing I ate that night. I had, actually, I had um, the chocolate bar too, um, white chocolate. I was like, dude, I'm going to treat myself. So this morning, I woke up 152 pounds, 152.2, put some fluids back in me, had some eggs, and haven't worked out yet. We're about to head over to a workout right now. TK MMA Gym is one that was also recommended. Uh, Message those guys on IG. Very hospitable. Can't wait to go check those guys out. And then the next day, we got 10th Planet Dubai. So we're going to check them out on Wednesday. And today's TK Gym. They got like a pool. They got sauna. They have everything there. So I'm excited to go check this place out and just kind of relax later. And then Dr. Munta also, <laughs> this guy's the man. This dentist, this guy is like, he's that dude. He recommended this place called Meat Moot. And... The food just looks phenomenal. It's kind of like one of those salt bay things where they like spice it up in front of you and do all those things. So I told him, I was like, I'm going to do like a light fast this morning. Then I'm going to work out late in the evening, um, afternoon, which is going to be around two o'clock or so. And then by the time we finish, maybe an hour and a half, two hours of a workout um, just between the like bullshit and hanging out. And then by the time we get back, maybe we go eat around 530 or 6 p.m. Um, hopefully 5.30, closer to 5 would be nicer so that I'm not starving my body of uh, protein to rebuild it kind of thing. 
So this whole thing is just scientific when it comes to the weight cut. And obviously, I'm not the expert. These guys are the experts from the UFC PI. They tell me what I should do. And some of the knowledge that I know from college when I was back being a physical education teacher and we had to go through these protocols, uh, I still know a little bit of um, the, the nutritional stuff myself. So uh, obviously, that big gap, I don't want to be starving for too long. You want to try to put something back in your body right away. And that's when the metabolism is technically the fastest. At least this is what I learned. So I want to try to do that as close as possible so I'm not just sitting there starving and having my body eat at itself. Um, and then losing muscle on top of that. I want to have all the advantages that I need to have going into this fight naturally in terms of my muscle strength, um, endurance, all that. So I'm doing everything the right way so far. Um, this place should be really, really good to check out. I'm excited about it. I'm actually like really excited about it. Um, I'm gonna have to do a good job of monitoring how much I eat and like what I actually eat. It's gonna be mostly lamb and, and, and beef steak kind of thing. This way I'm not putting in any like crappy food in my body. And we're in Dubai, they, you know, they're not eating pork and things like that, so we're good. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about with this fight card, I think this is UFC Vegas 62. Um, obviously the main event, Alexa Grasso taking on Vivian Arajo. Arajo, I'm gonna say Arajo, I think that's more Brazilian Portuguese-esque how they probably would pronounce it. But the fight I want to talk about is Cub Swanson coming down to 135, making his Bantamweight debut, taking on Jonathan Martinez. And Jonathan Martinez, he's had seven wins in the UFC. He's on a three-fight winning streak. He beat Zuviad um, Lavishvili, who's also um, one of our Georgian friends. Um, he beat Alejandro Perez by decision and beat Vince Morales by decision. So three wins by unanimous decision. And before that, he was on a two-fight win streak, and then he lost to David Graham with the overhand left in the second round. But he would have been on a crazy run right now if it wasn't for that loss to Davy Grant. So that goes to show you how good this kid actually is. He's 28 years old, um, 5'8". He's training at Factory X. And his reach is 69 and a half. Taking on Cub, Killer Cub Swanson. Killer Cub Swanson. He's 28 and 12. He's 38 years old. He's 5'8". And I'm a huge Cub Swanson fan. I've been a fan of his since the WC days. Um, I bought... Uh, I don't know if I bought it or they sent it to me. I think they sent me one of their shirts. Obviously, I made my own shirt, aljermainstorm.com. Go check it out. Link in the bio, in the description. Go check that out, aljermainstorm.com. Don't go buying some shit from all these other people because they're ripping off my stuff and stealing my logo. And I don't get a PC of any of that, you know? So I like to think as I should actually get the rewards from actually working out and fighting, not someone just coming by and just ripping off your shit and just making money off of you. That's kind of weird um, and messed up. Yeah, so Swanson38, I got one of the shirts from him. I had the Killer Cubs shirt. Um, obviously, he trains with TJ Dillashaw, but I'm still a big fan of him. I know he's training with the snake, but it's all good, man. At the end of the day, my issue is with TJ, not with Cub. So, and again, if Cub wants to train with the cheater, that's on him. Um, that has nothing to do with Cub either. I guess, you know, he's just going to utilize what he needs to utilize to get what he needs to get to be where he wants to be in terms of success, right? So why not train with one of the best guys in the world if you got the opportunity? Uh, he's 5'8". His reach is 70 inches. His last win was over Darren Elkins, a TKO finish and will kick in the first round. That was a phenomenal fight. Go watch that. And Darren Elkins is one who could take damage. His nickname is The Damage. And Cub Swanson ran through him in the first round, which is really, really unheard of. That was back in December of last year. December of last year. We're in October, so months away. I guess he might have tried a test run to try to get down to 135 and see how his body would do. I always thought he was a 135er. 
Um, just thought he was faster at, than those guys at 145, but just a little small for the weight. But it's going to be nice to have him come down to the weight class. I wish he came down earlier because maybe we could have seen like a Swanson, Frankie Edgar. I think they did fight before, yeah, but that was years ago. That was back in um, uh, neck crank he lost via neck crank in round five. I think something happened with his neck that was really weird. And then he lost to Max Holloway by guillotine. And before that, he was on a one, two, three, four, five, six-fight winning streak at 145. George Root knockout, Ross Pearson knockout, Charles Oliveira knockout in round one. Um, he beat Dustin Poirier by decision. This is all at 145. He beat Dennis Seaver round three, finished him. He beat Jeremy Stevens by decision, then lost to Frankie Edgar and Max Holloway. That goes to show you how Frankie Edgar was just a savage back in the day in his prime. And then obviously with the age, the, the punishment that he's taken over the years fighting at 155. He won the belt at 155. He's not that much bigger than what he is now. He might have been a little bit thicker because he's obviously not cutting the weight down, not shrinking his muscles, but that just lets you know where he was at back then and how he used to just destroy people. Um, then he went on a four-fight win streak after that. Hakron Diaz, um, Kawajiri, Duho Choi, who was this, you know one of these fighters that people thought was going to come out of nowhere. Well, it kind of came out of nowhere and was just going to dominate the competition. Duho Choi is, damn, 14-4. He hasn't fought since his last three fights to Charles Jordan. He had one against Dane Chavez. That was canceled. Yeah, that was a really fun guy to watch. And then he beat Armlo Bob by decision. And then he went and lost four fights in a row. Ortega, Frankie Edgar, Hanato Moicano, Shane Burgos by split. So just, just overall, just crazy, man. He's had a hell of a resume. One of the most winningest guys out there and has had so many fights. He's a veteran. He's a pioneer of the sport, I think. And even though he's never won the belt, I think he's one of those guys that people always say, who's one of the best guys to never win a belt? And I think Cub Swanson's name has to be thrown in that cap. Um, so I'm looking forward to this one against Jonathan Martinez. This should be a very interesting stylistic fight because Swanson's more explosive, but now he's smaller. He's going to be fighting another guy who's just as fast as him. Um, Martinez uses a, a lot of kicks, calf kicks. He's a southpaw. Um, Swanson switch stances a lot. He'll throw and drop one hand down, and he'll dip his head and throw these awkward punches over the top, which makes him really fun to watch. He just goes for it. This is a much-watched fight, I think, co-main event. I'm not sure which way this one is going to go because Martinez, he fights smart. He stays on the safe side, not taking too many risks, and just looks for his opening, and when it comes, he'll go for it. But for the most part, he's very technical, very disciplined, and it's going to be interesting to see what his approach will be against a guy who's a little bit more um, unpredictable with the type of strikes he'll do. Cub Swanson will go out there and do a handstand head kick kind of thing um, or a cartwheel kick, whatever you want to call it. But it would be off the handstand, you know. So this should be a fun fight. I'm excited for this one, and I can't wait to watch that one this weekend. And the next one I want to talk about is Askar Askarov taking on Brandon Royval. Now, Askarov hasn't fought since he lost to Kaikata France back in March 26 of this year. So this would be a huge win for him to get back into the win column if he could take out a guy like Brandon Royval. Royval, 30 years old. How old is Askar? Askar is 30 years old as well. 5'6", 67 inch reach. Royval, 5'9", 70 and a half inch reach. But the reach only matters what you do with it. Like Chael Sonnen said, no one ever walks around society with these long ass arms 
Um, what what he say? He said he said anyone who walks around with long arms in society, you just look silly, kind of thing. He said he's never seen someone have a reach advantage and actually have an advantage in a fist fight. And I think that's actually pretty funny and pretty spot on. Uh, but I think we might see that with this, maybe, maybe. But I do. Get, I just found it funny when Chell said that. Chell says a lot of funny shit, even if it's controversial, it doesn't make any sense. But he's on a two-fight winning streak. For him to take out Oscar Askarov puts him right back into that title contention picture. Because before, he, if he had beat Brandon Moreno, he would have gotten the title shot. But he injured his shoulder in the first round and then got uh, lost by ground and pound to Brandon Moreno. And that gave him the short notice opportunity for Brandon to fight Davidson Figueroa after he had a quick finish over Alex Perez, who had a title shot. So goes to show you how this sport is so crazy. The blink of an eye, your career can change for the better or for the worse. Super excited for this one. If you know Brandon Royval, you know he's high energy, high pace, looks for crazy submissions, um, and he just goes. Like, he'll fight off his back. He's kind of like an Oliveira. I think just a little bit more reckless than Oliveira, at least right now. Oliveira's a little bit more technical with his recklessness, if that makes sense. And even though it's... I don't want to call it reckless because it's, it's, there seems to be a, a, a rhyme of reason to the madness of what Oliveira is doing. So, no disrespect calling it recklessness. I think he's just... It's, it looks reckless because it just looks so chaotic how he's just constantly attacking you and going for it. I think Roy Val has a similar style, but he finds himself in trouble sometimes in some of these losses where he got ran naked choked by Pantoja. I think it was because of um, just him being a little, getting a little bit ahead of himself, doing some stuff that put him in a bad position where he thought he was going to get out and him taking these risks. Obviously, he's not training. You could take the risk. You could tap and come back and do it again and then go get that guy and gas pedal him. But in a fist fight, jiu-jitsu match, whatever, the match is over after it's over. Like, you don't get a redo. So you've got to be calculated. And I think that's why you have some of these fights that on paper or in the room would be super competitive, super fun to watch. But then in a fight, it could be a little bit more technical because they both know one mistake can change the entire outcome of the entire fight. And probably in the fight where you're going home early. You know, so... Again, Roy Val is one of those guys, he goes for these risks, he takes those chances, so you will not be disappointed in this one. I think Oscar Oscar is going to try to blanket him. Good takedowns. Um, his striking is like, eh, but he might have developed his striking in that, what, eight-month period that he was uh, um, out, so we'll see. I think Roy Val's got the better striking, very unorthodox. What I do think he needs to do is press the action, and when he presses the action, try to force Oscar Oscar off to shoot which he will do anyway, but force him to take those shots that he doesn't want to take so that you can get an opportunity to snatch up his neck, but be careful of him rolling or baiting you to jump on the neck and then him sitting to side control and passing guard and then dominating and just getting you tired kind of thing. Asuka Asura has many ways to win this fight in terms of his grappling. Just use it to pressure, take good takedowns. Every time you shoot a double leg, pass to the outside, make sure you're not getting stuck in guard. Roy Val. Very good guy who could jump guillotines. He's got a high elbow guillotine that's really, really slick. He's got darts chokes. He's got anaconda chokes. Um, he's, he's, like I said, he got submissions off of his back. He attacks. So this is going to be a very, very fun fight. It's not going to be as slow as the Kai Kata France, um, Roy um, Askarov fight because one guy is just trying to keep the fight standing the entire time. This guy is going to engage in the ground game, and that's what makes it exciting. When you have two people that are high-level grapplers, it's more of an exciting fight to watch versus one guy that's just trying to keep it standing the entire, 
entire time, and then one guy just trying to force a takedown the entire time. So when you have that, I think you have more of a slower stalemate kind of a, a thing because both guys are respecting what each other are, are doing and the skill sets. This, both guys are going to be happy to accept the, the takedowns. Both guys are going to be happy to accept the grappling. And I think the fans are going to be in for a, a good treat and a good show, and uh, I can't wait to watch this one. I think this is going to be a, a fun fight, potentially fight of the night, the way that Brandon Roy Val fights. He's just, you can't not have a good, a fun fight with this guy because no one's just going to hold him down. He's going to be very active in the guard and looking for submissions, throwing up attacks. And this is the recklessness I'm talking about. When he's doing this, he's got to just make sure he's not being passed and giving up his back and giving up opportunities for himself to be submitted and checkmated. Don't want that to happen. But with that said, make sure you guys tune in to watch this fight card this weekend. I cannot wait. I'm rocking my big chain out here in Dubai. I hope it looks good. I hope you guys don't think it's too much. Because next week, we got DraftKings, and we're going to make some money and make it rain. Um, so as for right now, thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, check out the vlogs. And uh, stay funky. Going to get some work in right now. Get this weight, weight off. And uh, hopefully, it's enough so that we can have a really, really good meal. So thank you guys for always tuning in. I'll see you guys later. If you like my shit, subscribe to my shit. Peace. Oh, that's the McGregor. Oh, the McGregor. Oh. The McGregor lolly. <laughs>